from the Heidelberg Catechism, we read Lord's Day 50, page 562 of your Book of Praise. What is the fourth petition? Give us this day our daily bread, that is, provide us with all our bodily needs, so that we may acknowledge that you are the only fountain of all good, and that our care and labor and also your gifts cannot do us any good without your blessing. Grant, therefore, that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it only in you. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have been learning about how we are to pray. In the first three petitions, Christ has taught us to focus our attention on God. He taught us to pray for the hallowing of God's name, the coming of God's kingdom, and the doing of God's will. Now, the focus of our prayer changes. For the final three petitions, we pray for things that we need. We pray for our daily bread, for the forgiveness of our sins, and that we not be led into temptation. In the fourth petition, we ask our Father to give us our daily bread. Since bread was a staple of life in the ancient Near East, praying for our daily bread is asking God to provide for our bodily needs. We're asking the Lord to provide food and drink shelter and clothing. The fourth petition is closely tied to the previous three. The reason we ask God to provide our bodily needs is so that we may be able to glorify his name, to seek his kingdom, and to do his will. And often, it's difficult for us. For we don't always feel very well cared for by our God. Our economy has faced major challenges over the past few years. We had shutdowns of many businesses through COVID, with the government pushing billions of dollars into the economy. It's led to an inflated housing sector, with housing affordability at all-time lows. In the past few years, we faced large increases in inflation of everyday goods, with everyone's budget getting squeezed. Those who are renewing their mortgages are facing increases of hundreds of dollars. For many, times are tough. Most people react to financial pressure in one of two ways, with anxiety or with discontent. Anxiety causes us to worry about how we're going to pay the bills. We struggle with the basic question, Will we have enough to survive? Discontent is a lack of satisfaction with what we have. Our discontent can easily cause us to view God as being cheap or miserly or lacking in his love and care for us. Anxiety and discontent cause us to lose sight of the fact that God is actually the overflowing fountain of all good. And beloved, that's why the Lord Jesus taught us to pray for our Father in heaven to give us 
this day our daily bread. Remember that prayer is the most important part of our thankfulness to God. By praying for our daily bread, we're acknowledging our Father as the giver of all things. Praying reminds and assures us of the fact God is able and willing to provide our needs. He is Almighty God, who holds the whole world in His hands. He's also our loving Father in Christ, who delights to give good gifts to those who seek them from Him. I preach to you God's Word under the following theme. The Lord Jesus teaches us to pray for our Heavenly Father to give us our daily bread. This prayer teaches us to be content with what God gives us and to depend on God to provide abundantly for us. Paul's letter to the Philippians is often referred to as a letter of joy. It's not because of the circumstances of either Paul or the Philippians. Paul wrote this letter from jail, probably in Rome, near the end of his life. His circumstances were dire. There was every possibility that he would be executed for his faith. The Philippians had also gone through great trials and hardships. Economically, they were doing very poorly. They struggled with barely enough for their daily needs. And Paul rejoices in the Lord, and he encourages the Philippians to do the same. One of the reasons that Paul wrote the letter to the Philippians was to express his thankfulness to them for the gracious provision they had made for him. Paul expresses that in verse 10. He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. The Philippians' concern for Paul had led them to send him a gift to help support him while he was in jail. And Paul was really happy with their care for him. There was a period of time when the Philippians had wanted to help, but they were not able Paul doesn't want them to feel bad about that. Paul was not hurt by the delay. He understands that there were good reasons for it. We don't know exactly why their support was delayed. Could be that Paul, it could be that they did not know where Paul was being held captive. Perhaps it was because for a time they did not have anyone available to travel to Rome to pass on their gift. After thanking them for the renewed support, Paul goes on to make the point that he was not really in need. We need to understand what Paul is saying here properly. Did Paul face deprivation and need? Most certainly he did. In ancient days, prisoners were not well cared for. They were not always given food and clothing. Most of the time they had to work to earn their keep or else they needed family members or friends to provide for their support. Paul was indeed poor and needy. But in the midst of his neediness, Paul had learned to be content. It's one of the central points that Paul makes in our reading from Philippians 4. He says, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound 
In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Paul's joy was not dependent on his material circumstances. Paul's joy was in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody and nothing could rob him of this joy. Jesus Christ is the source of Paul's contentment in life. We need to understand that Paul's circumstances were dire. He was in jail because of his confession of Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord. It was very possible that Paul would be executed for his faith. Paul had experienced much suffering for the sake of the gospel. He had suffered imprisonments, beatings, shipwrecks, stoning, sleeplessness, hunger, thirst, cold, and exposure. He had to fight against false teachers in the church and to face opposition from brothers in the faith. Paul suffered much for the sake of the gospel. Yet through the midst of all these hardships and struggles, he learned contentment. Even though he was in jail, Paul knew that the Lord was right there with him in his prison cell. Jesus Christ was very precious to the apostle. He had delivered Paul from self-righteousness, from his dependence on religious observances. Christ had appointed Paul as his apostle, his messenger to the Gentiles. Despite his deprivation and need, no one could take Jesus Christ away from Paul. He truly rejoiced in the Lord. And so we learn to be content in any and every circumstance of life. Can you say the same, beloved? Have you learned the secret of true contentment in life? How do you cope with the hardships and the struggles that come along in life? How do you deal with financial pressure? Get worried with how you're going to pay your bills? How do you deal with ongoing situations of illness where you or one of your loved ones is facing struggles in health that just go on and on? How do you cope with the deterioration of your body, with all the limitations it brings? How do you deal with pain and fatigue? Do you stress out about these things? Do you give up hope? What do you do when faced with brokenness in relationships with close family members or with brothers and sisters in the faith? Do you get frustrated? Does your life become unbalanced? When sorrows and struggles come, Are you able to continue to live in the joy of your faith? Or do you become unglued and lose perspective on life? As fallen human beings, it's very easy for us to lose sight of who Jesus Christ is and everything he's done for us in difficult times in life. The immediacy of our situation can overwhelm us. We can easily become anxious, frustrated, 
bitter and discontent. Yet as Christians, redeemed by Christ, renewed by the Spirit, there's a better way. God often uses the trials and sorrows of life to teach us to look to Jesus Christ, to learn to depend on him, to find joy and hope in our risen Savior, who's seated at God's right hand, watching over our lives. Beloved, please remember what Jesus Christ had to suffer on the way to glory. He faced times of great deprivation and need. When tempted in the wilderness, he went 40 days without food. Jesus had times of life when he faced great sadness. The Bible tells us that he wept when his friend Lazarus died. Jesus faced much opposition at the hands of sinful men. He was despised and rejected by his own people. He was betrayed and denied by his own disciples. He was beaten, mocked, reviled, before being condemned to death for a crime he did not commit. Christ suffered the agony and the shame of the cross. Not just the physical torture, but especially being forsaken by his Father in heaven. He bore God's wrath against all our sins. Often, when we undergo trials and suffering, we are powerless to change our circumstances. Yet Christ voluntarily went the way of the cross. In John 12, 27, Jesus said, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Jesus could have called on 12 legions of angels to deliver him from those who came to arrest him. He could have come down from the cross had he wanted to. But Jesus willingly underwent suffering for our sake. To redeem us from our sins and misery. To deliver us from the mastery of Satan. Our Savior Jesus Christ understands the troubles and the sorrows that we face. Christ sympathizes with our weakness. In the struggles and hardships of life, we need to learn to look to the Lord Jesus. Anxiety and worry are rooted in self-dependence in thinking that we somehow can fix our situation ourselves. Discontent comes from comparing our lives with others and thinking that somehow we're missing out. Beloved, we shouldn't be looking to ourselves. We shouldn't be looking at what others have. Our eyes need to be directed heavenward. Christ teaches us to do that by commanding us to pray. In the fourth petition, we're asking our Heavenly Father to provide all our bodily needs. We're praying for sufficient income to pay for our rent or mortgage, our utilities, our food and clothing, our car and gas money. Praying for our daily bread helps us to learn to depend on the Lord for all our needs. It teaches us to trust 
that God is faithful, that he will provide for us. Our fear and anxiety are replaced with trust that God is good, that he cares for us. Our discontent hearts learn to be content with what the Lord provides. Beloved, the hardships and struggles we face in this life do not all have easy solutions. If you're facing crippling debt, it can take years of disciplined spending to get out of it. You may suffer from an illness that will never go away. You may be facing brokenness in relationships that will never be fully restored in this life. You may have lost a loved one and have to face life without him or her. But in Christ, you can learn to be content. Paul passes on the central lesson. He has learned through all the struggles that faced him in life. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When Paul faced his struggles with his thorn in the flesh, Jesus Christ told him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul had learned much from that. He learned to be content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. He learned that when I am weak, then I am strong. It's a lesson that Paul passes on to the Philippians and also to us. It's when we're facing hardships and sorrows that we're most inclined to look to God for help. God always extends his grace and spirit to those who call on him. He may not take away the source of our struggles, but he'll definitely give us strength to deal with them. Jesus Christ is the source of all comfort, joy, contentment, and strength. And we learn contentment and joy when our lives are focused on him. Brings us to our second point. Praying for our daily bread teaches us to depend on God to provide abundantly for us. In Philippians 4.14, Paul writes to the Philippians, It was kind of you to share my trouble. Paul goes on to commend the Philippians for being the only church that had entered into partnership with him and supported him in his missionary work. He says that even when he was in Thessalonica, the Philippians sent him help for his needs time and again. Now, while Paul was in jail near the end of his life, they've again sent him a gift by the hands of Epaphroditus. Paul is very thankful. He calls this gift a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. It's not like the Philippians were a rich church. They were not. Some years earlier, when writing to the wealthier church in Corinth, Paul pointed to the generosity of the churches in Macedonia. Even in a time when the churches in Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea faced a severe test of affliction and extreme poverty, their generosity overflowed. Paul says that they gave beyond their means to support the relief of the saints in Jerusalem. Despite their own hardships, they eagerly gave to help support those in need. The circumstances in Philippi had not changed much since that time. 
This was still a poor congregation. Yet the believers here refused to let financial pressures get to them. They didn't worry about how they were going to survive. They didn't become miserly in their giving, thinking they needed to hang on to every spare dollar they had in order to survive. Rather than become anxious or worried, they trusted that the God who had provided for them in the past would continue to do so now. They knew who God was, his love and care for his children. And so they gave sacrificially in order to provide Paul's needs. From this, we learn some important life lessons. The first is that we are not self-sufficient. This goes completely against what the world and what our own sinful nature teaches us. We like to be independent, to provide our own needs. We don't like the idea of being dependent or beholden to anyone. We think that with a good work ethic, we should be able to take of ourselves, take care of ourselves and our own family. Yet when we think like that, we ignore the fact that God is the source of all blessings. Beloved, there is nothing that we have that we did not receive from God in the first place. He is the one who cares for us and who provides our material needs. God is the one who gives talents to be able to do our daily tasks. He's the one who provides us with health and strength to do our work. God grants employment and sufficient work. It's true that we're called to be faithful, to be diligent in our work. Yet all our care and labor cannot do us any good without God's blessing. Another lesson our reading teaches us is that God often uses people to provide for those in need. It was through the church in Philippi that God provided for his servant Paul in prison. Every Sunday, we have collections for the work of our deacons so that they can provide for those in need. For many of us, this has become routine. Yet we need to recognize that our collections for the needy are an integral part of our worship to God. It's easy to say that we love God, but true love is shown in loving and caring for our needy brothers and sisters. It routinely happens in church life that members pass the collection bag along without putting anything in. We need to learn to be intentional in our giving. Now often people's excuse is that they didn't have any cash. Well, then we need to learn to properly prepare for Sunday. One aspect of that is making sure that you have something to give for those in need. We need to learn to give even when we may be struggling financially ourselves. In such circumstances, it's not about how much you give, but that you're willing to share some of what you have with your fellow brothers and sisters. It's counterintuitive for us to give to others when facing hardships ourselves. 
Our human nature directs us in the opposite direction. By nature, when things are tough, we tend to cling more tightly to what we have. By nature, we, can, we tend to be discontent when others experience blessings that we don't. In such circumstances, we think that to be happy, we need to devote our resources to our own care and comfort. But beloved, our reading from Philippians 4 teaches us how God will provide for those who are rich toward him and who care for their brothers and sisters. After speaking about how the Philippians' gift is a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, Paul says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. This is a remarkable statement, beloved. In the Old Covenant, the Lord made very specific promises to his people Israel about how he would bless their obedience by providing them with abundance materially. Yet in the New Covenant, most often when God promises his blessings, he speaks about the riches that we have in Jesus Christ. These things include being adopted as God's children, receiving the forgiveness of sins, and the promise of sharing in eternal glory. But in our text, Paul is not speaking about the spiritual blessings that we receive in Jesus Christ. He speaks very specifically about God supplying every need of ours. Our God knows that we live in this world. As Jesus noted in Matthew 6, God knows that we need food and clothing and the other necessities of life. He knows we have real, material needs. In Philippians 4, Paul promises that God will supply every need of ours. How can Paul make that kind of promise? Well, Paul knew that his God was a God rich in blessings. Paul, who calls himself the chief of sinners, never forgot all that God had done for him. About how by grace alone he had rescued him from sin and death. Paul had experienced God's care for him in all kinds of trials. And God had never let him down. Paul knew that God is faithful. That he would care for all his children just as he had cared for him. God provides for us according to his glorious riches. Remember, beloved, that God is the creator. He is the owner of all. All the riches, all the resources of this world are at his disposal. And our God is not cheap or stingy. In Christ, God is our Heavenly Father. As a father, he loves to give good gifts to his children. We can take God at his word when he promises to to supply every need of ours. Not every greed, but every need. We can depend on God to provide abundantly for us. Beloved, in the fourth petition, Jesus teaches us 
to depend on God for all our bodily needs. For our Heavenly Father is the overflowing fountain of all good. We can put our trust completely in Him. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we ask God to grant us all we need to serve Him this day. We ask for strength to be able to glorify His name, to seek the coming of His kingdom, to do His will. And who of us, beloved, can say that God has not answered this prayer of ours? Perhaps our Father does not always bless us in exactly the way in which we desire, but He certainly has and will continue to make provision for our daily lives. What comfort it is to know that our Father cares for us, to be able to rely on Him for all our needs. Amen. In response to the gospel message, let's rise and sing Psalm 34, stanzas 4 and 7.